This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's Sparky Fighter, 1250 AM. The fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Another edition of Curd and Long. No Ryan Horvath today. Uh, I believe he is on an airplane as we speak, uh, so he will not be joining us. Uh, however, lots to talk about Packers-Steelers uh, coming up this weekend. Confident, concerned, curious. We'll, we'll start off with that. Plus, uh, we'll give you a chance to hear the interview I had a chance to do earlier this week with Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. And then, of course, I will wrap up uh, the interview or the uh, podcast, I should say, uh, with predictions for the Packer game and for the Badger game uh, as well. Uh, First, let's start off talking about uh, Friday's practice, which is as we record this on Friday. I waited for the Matt LaFleur press conference before I decided to record this. And no Jair Alexander, no Quay Walker. According to Matt LaFleur, they both will be listed as doubtful, which, again, when you add Rajul Douglas, uh, that's not end-of-the-world stuff. Like, okay, I have Rajul Douglas, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll make it work. We'll be okay. Without Rajul Douglas, uh, now you're talking about a bunch of inexperience having to play the cornerback position. Now, uh, again, of the opponents that you could face, it's not end of the world facing Pittsburgh, I don't think. Now, do they have some quality receivers? Yeah, Deontay Johnson's a nice, nice play, right? Had his first touchdown in quite a long time uh, last week uh, for the Steelers. Uh, so uh, George Pickens, uh, a nice wide receiver out of Georgia. I remember uh, Gary Ellerson when we were doing the Wendy's Big Show wanted him in that draft, uh, but he has uh, been very unhappy and uh, displayed uh, his displeasure with the situation on social media last week. So some turmoil there with him about not getting enough targets and falls thrown his way. He's not too happy with the situation. They have a nice tight end uh, as well uh, in Pittsburgh too to be concerned about. But overall. As far as wide receivers and cornerback and that whole deal, uh, I feel pretty good uh, about where we are right now uh, with 
going into this game other than, uh, as far as defensively, other than, of course, uh, that cornerback position. Because Carrington Valentine started last week, right? Uh, And I thought he did a really good job last week. Now, going into this week, um, that's going to be something completely different uh, as far as uh, having to get somebody else to play. You know, is Ballantyne going to play? Is that what's what's going to happen here? Uh, and if he does have to play with Keyshawn Nixon and Carrington Valentine, that is a very, very inexperienced uh, situation at cornerback here. Uh, and that is what we're going to have to wait and see how this whole thing plays out. Uh, and again, don't forget too, I was talking about the Steelers and their tight end. Fryermuth uh, uh, is still out with a hamstring injury. They thought maybe he'd be able to practice this week. It did not happen. So it looks like he might be able to return to practice next week for the Steelers, which means the tight end position won't be nearly as much of a big deal uh, for the Packers as it might have been had he been uh, able to play. So that helps. But you're still going to have to be concerned about stopping uh, the run. Uh, and from that aspect, you have no Quay Walker. It doesn't look like. Uh, heading to get in this game either, as he is doubtful. Now, again, McDuffie played well last week, right? Another young guy, couple-year player, uh, who stepped up and played well in stopping the run uh, and did a nice job last week, as did the entire Packer team stopping the run. I think coming into this game, you kind of had yourself in a little bit of a conundrum, I guess you could say, if you're Joe Barry, right? Because you want to stop Warren and Najee Harris in the backfield. I think that that's the first thing you want to do. You don't want them to both get going uh, and then it, it opens up a can of worms. I think what you want to do uh, is stop the run first and react to the pass second, right? Make them get into third and sevens, third and eights. That's where you want them to be. You don't want them to be in third and twos on a consistent basis uh, in this game. So that's something I think uh, probably should be a goal here. Uh, and hopefully, you know, your corners play okay. And then, you know, safety is a cause for concern uh, as well. Anthony Johnson had a pick last week thanks to a Jair Alexander tip. Uh, Owens has played okay uh, at safety since coming over from the Texans. Uh, So they've had some okay safety play uh, since Savage has been out. Uh, And of course, Rudy Ford, uh, another guy uh, that has uh, had his moments in the past too. So we'll see. Having said all of that, let's do confident, concerned, and curious. I will start off first uh, with confident, what I'm confident in. I'm confident that Jordan Love is going to throw two touchdown passes uh, in this game, right? And that that takes a lot for me to be confident about that at this point because uh, there is still T.J. Watt looming, uh, and will they move T.J. Watt around? Because going into the game, it should be T.J. Watt versus Zach Tom. I would not be surprised if T.J. Watt beat Zach Tom a couple of times. Wouldn't surprise me at all. However... Rasheed Walker is going to be at left tackle. If I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm moving TJ Watt over to go against Rasheed Walker uh, and make uh, life a living hell for Rasheed Walker for four quarters and consequently making life a living hell for the Shreve Packers offense uh, because they're not going to be able to run the ball or throw the ball uh, if TJ Watt is living in the backfield uh, and meeting running backs in Jordan Love as soon as the snap happens. So it'll be interesting to see if Pittsburgh decides to move T.J. Walker, or T.J. Watt, I should say, around uh, instead of just manning him up against the Packers' best offensive lineman, I would say, at this point, uh, in Zach Tom. I would if I was Pittsburgh. But I'm still confident Jordan Love figures out a way to throw two touchdown passes uh, in this game. Feel pretty good about that. Concerns going into this uh, football game goes right back to what I just said. My concern is 
stopping T.J. Watt uh, and the Pittsburgh front seven from getting a ton of pressure uh, on Jordan Love. That is my concern. And it was pointed out by Ryan Horvath, I believe, on Wednesday's podcast uh, that the numbers for Pittsburgh are dramatically different. When Pittsburgh is able to get pressure on a consistent basis, their defense shuts people down. When they are not able to get consistent pressure on the opposing quarterback, they get torched. And it's legitimately night and day difference uh, between the two. Now, again, I I don't know how that looks like compared to the rest of the league. To me, it seems like a no-dumb moment. Well, of course, if I get pressure on the quarterback, my defense is going to play better. And of course, if I don't get pressure on the quarterback, they're going to have more of an opportunity to pick me apart. It seems like a no-brainer to me. But based on the numbers that Horvath threw out, it was pretty much a dramatic difference uh, between the two and where they rank in both categories. Okay, so for me, my concern kind of coming into this thing uh, for the Packers is making sure that you protect Jordan Love uh, at all costs and are able to do your thing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Curious. I'm curious to see how long we're going to watch this Packers offensive line play without playing Sean Ryan. That, that's that's what I'm curious about. Because as I've talked about, uh, Jacob Morley talked about it when he was on the podcast, uh, the post-game podcast on Monday. I've seen Andy Herman have a podcast about it on the Pack-A-Day podcast. Everybody's talking about the same thing. He is one of your best five linemen, or at least we believe he is at this point. And he should be out there playing. And probably out there playing instead of John Runyon Jr. at this point. That's probably how this should look. And the other good thing about Sean Ryan, at least based on that one drive that we had, man, he moves people backwards. Far more than John Runyon does. For certain. That is something you really need. Because if you are going to go back to the well with Aaron Jones and say, hey, We're giving you 20 carries. We're going to throw the ball to you like five times. Get you like five catches, 25 touches, which I've said forever should be the magic number for Aaron Jones. If they go back to do that again this week, in order to make that work, your offensive lineman got to get some push and got to do their jobs and not whiff on blocks, right? Cam Hayward can't come untouched. That, That can't be a thing when you're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. You can't decide not to block TJ Watt coming from an edge. Remember that Raiders game? Max Crosby came untouched a couple of times in that game. That cannot happen. I don't care if the play is on the other side of the line, of, on the other side of the line. The ball's running to the right, and, or was it to the left? Whatever. Crosby was on the opposite side. Literally, the ball got handed off, and he tackled the running back before he got back to the line of scrimmage on the other side of the line. That's how fast he is. That's how fast DJ Watt is. And you got Nick Herbring over there that you got to concern yourself Uh, with as well, another fast linebacker. So from that perspective, it's got to be all about the Packers' offensive line at this point. Uh, And Sean Ryan should be one of the guys that's playing. Now, will he play? I have no idea. Will it take injury to get him in the game? Probably. But at some point, you've got to make a decision, right? You you decided that 
Yash Nyman should be starting over Rasheed Walker, and then Yash Nyman can't stay healthy. Foot, now back. And who knows how long, how long or how much he'll play this week against the Steelers before he gets hurt again. But you decided that, that enough was enough there. Now you have to make a determination of when is enough enough with John Runyon to replace him with Sean Ryan. And then obviously everybody says, how the heck was he not playing in front of Royce Newman earlier in the year when Elton, Elton Jenkins was out? Great question. Couldn't tell you. But either way, he should be on the field. I'm curious to see how long that's going to take. Here's some other stuff for you. Uh, we always do like our stats of the week or uh, whatever the case may be uh, every week that I usually find on Twitter or whatever. This week, uh, it comes from the ESPN piece uh, where they do their predictions for every NFL game of the week and they go through uh, the NFL schedule. And the Packers, obviously, and the Steelers are one of the games they go through uh, as well. And interesting uh, stuff in this one as far as uh, numbers go, right? Uh, so let's see here. Uh, Packers right tackle Zach Tom. He'll be responsible for slowing TJ Watt, uh, but Tom might be up for the challenge as he ranks 10th in pass block win rate at tackle. That's good. That's very, very good uh, at this point. Uh, let's give you some other numbers here. Uh, this is from Rob Domofsky. Uh, the Packers' first half point differential is minus 55, right? They've been outscored by 55 points in the first half this year. 30th in the NFL. The Steelers are minus 43, 26 in the NFL. Both of these teams stink in the first half of games. The Steelers have the worst first half yardage differential at minus 790. They're getting outgained by 790 yards in the first half. Right behind the Packers uh, at minus 590. Four. So both of them, not very good uh, at this point and something uh, is going to have to give in the first half of this game. And don't forget the Packers have not won in Pittsburgh since 1970 when Bart Starr uh, was the starting quarterback. All right, coming up next, stay tuned here to Curtin Long. Your, your chance to inter- hear the interview I did with Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. We get in all kinds of stuff. Is Goody on the hot seat? Is Matt LaFleur worse than we thought? And what about Jordan Love and extension? That's next. AC Sparky, 5 or 12.50 a.m. The Fan, 55 past the hour, which means it is time for another Milwaukee Sports Time Out. And anytime we have a Milwaukee Sports Time Out, i got to tell you that it's brought to you by, sponsored by our friends over at the Potawatomi Sportsbook. Uh, and make sure to head over there and bet on all your favorite sports 24-7. Enjoy over 70 self-service kiosks, wall-to-wall TVs, free parking, great food, and a full bar. Bet big, bet bold. Learn more at Pays Big. Dot com. Now going to be joined by our guy. He is Pete Doherty, of course, from the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Uh, always a great follow there. Follow him on Twitter, uh, at Pete Doherty. Uh, and we are doing this from the Wendy's Studios. And speaking of Wendy's, you're going to want to make sure to take advantage of the 2 for $3 breakfast. Create your signature breakfast combo with the 2 for $3 breakfast biggie bundle. Choose from a sausage biscuit, egg and cheese biscuit, small seasoned potatoes, or a medium hot coffee. And make a combo that you... Would wake up for first question, Pete Doherty. Does Jordan Love end up getting a contract extension at the end of this season? Uh, it's different than Rogers. Rogers' first season as starter, they extended him. I think this was the week they did it. Um, and I remember thinking at the time, I didn't know if he was going to be really good or not. But I remember thinking at the time, yeah, he's been good enough. I I, I get why they're doing this. Um, and I don't think they would. They could justify doing it with love right now. 
but I still, you know, still have an open mind towards whether he'll be good enough. And I, there's still reasons to think he might be. Um, so I can't say I can't give you an answer for right now, but um, like everybody else, really intrigued and interested to see how the body of work develops over the next nine games and um, where things are sitting when when the season's done. Has your opinion changed of Matt LaFleur as head coach uh, after having had Aaron Rodgers uh, and now seeing him with this young football team and what they have and haven't been able to do to this point? Um, maybe a little. I thought they'd be a little more consistent than they've been. I thought there'd be ups and downs, but not like that as bad as it was during that four-game losing streak. But, you know, he's also been, you know, dealt a pretty rough hand with just um, how difficult it is to make things work when you've got, when you're all your receivers and tight ends are first and second year guys. And then the one guy who they need more than anybody to make it go, um, Aaron Jones, they just haven't had him very much. So it's, it's really hard. It's hard. That makes it harder to evaluate love as many people have pointed out. And I think it makes it, tough to evaluate Lafleur. I think the the real test and what we'll really learn is these are hard times. They were hard times. And, you know, I know they won their last game, but can he hold it together? Can he, is there improvement as these guys get more acclimated and they all get, you know, Lafleur gets to know what they can do better and they, they just get more reps and practice and games. Do things look, you know, noticeably better the second half of the season? Um, there's just as much to learn about him as there is about, uh, about love over these next uh, two months. What about Christian Watson? This was a guy after last year with Aaron Rodgers, second half of the year, everybody said, okay, they have a true number one wide receiver now to build around going forward. And now you look at it this year, I think there's questions about whether or not he really is a true number one wide receiver still. The big thing with him, I think is going to be, I think he's a very, very talented guy. Look, I might be totally wrong and he's not as good as I think he is. I think he's a really talented guy. And the big thing with him is, you know, is will he stay healthy? It's just, um, you know, it's it's a big red flag right now. Um, he has not made the big plays like he did last year. I think what we're finding is, you know, the, the rap on him coming out was he was really, really raw playing at North Dakota State. And, you know, just the, the level of competition, he was so much bigger and faster than everybody. And I think we've seen – you know, that we're, that's showing up in his not winning more of those 50-50 balls. Um, and he finally got one this last game. And there's the ability should be there. He's tall. He's athletic. Um, you know, he just needs to get stronger and get better at it. And that takes, you know, it does, doesn't just happen overnight. Um, so I, I still think he's a very talented guy who could be really good. Um, but like, I mean, I, I think these next, I don't know what you think, Spark. I think these next nine games are really interesting and really important for everybody on that team. Just what, ha- you know, do they hold it together? Do they get better? What guys emerge, you know, do the, the, the some of the draft picks the last couple of years start looking like they're going to be players? Uh, and of course, you know, how does love do that's, that's going to be huge, but I, I think, you know, they're not making the playoffs, but I think these next nine games are huge for everybody on that team. Well, first of all, the whole red jersey for Aaron Rodgers thing they did last week, hopefully they continue that this week because there's no reason to put him in harm's way if you don't have to. Clearly, 
uh, you know, when he plays and they give him 20 carries and a few touches, it's a much different team. What's not different is this offensive line. Look, Sean Ryan got in there uh, in place of running on the one touchdown drive in the first half for Aaron Jones. It was actually moving people backwards. Uh, then you had Yash Nyman, who got hurt for the second week in a row, replacing Rasheed Walker, and I thought he did a fairly good job. I think Matt LaFleur has to get to the point here of let's actually play the five best guys um, and not you know, show loyalty necessarily to a run-in who's been here for a while or waiting on a seventh-round draft pick to develop while getting Jordan Love killed. You know, uh, and I've noticed this in covering since I started covering in 93 and in other sports too, coaches almost always err on the side of playing the guy who's got the backlog of snaps and who has the experience. And I, they do it to a fault, and I think it drives personnel people crazy. Um, you know, just to think that Newman was playing ahead of yes. Ryan after watching Ryan's game, it's yep. just like Ryan should have been out there when the injuries, and who knows, you know, if he'd be a starter now. Um, I don't, it, it'll still be tough for them to make the change to Runyon, but maybe, you know, maybe Ryan caught their eye enough where they'll give him, they'll start working him in with the ones in practice, you know, for uh, occasional snaps. And if he looks good there, maybe they will give him a shot. And, you know, as we all know, following this league, injuries sometimes, you know, make decisions for teams. So maybe there'll be an injury that'll get uh, Ryan on the field. But he, that was interesting the way he played. I, small sample, 15 snaps, but, and, you know, he looked he looked pretty decent. You know, I'm with you there. It's interesting. I do a podcast, Curtin Long, with Ryan Horvat from MGM tonight, and we recorded uh, earlier today here on Wednesday, and he threw out a stat, and I didn't write it down, but something along the lines of when the Steelers get home and create pressure, uh, they're unbelievable. But when they don't get home and they can't create pressure, they get picked apart, uh, and it gets pretty messy. And that's why it's such a big deal going into this week that this Packers offensive line protects. And then on the other side of the ball, it's a big deal that these young guys, like Valentine and and some of these other guys, Carl Brooks and Wooden and those guys, all have big games again like they did against the Rams uh, to try and keep this offense in games as much as possible. And I, I think everybody had to be impressed by the young guys on defense last week. Yeah, they look good. Valentine, the uh, the way he played was much more like how he looked in training camp uh, than he has in the game so far. He's going to get smoked. I mean, that every corner does and every young corner does, um, you know, because he's going to be playing a lot, obviously. But uh, you know, he was he's also got some courage and uh, he's good at playing the ball and he's he's an interesting player. Um, you know, it's, it's, as the season goes on, it's going to get tougher. I mean, they're not going to be playing a third string quarterback every week. Now Pickett's, uh, a guy just, you know, like Jordan Love, just trying to find his way. So, you know, they're not, they haven't hit murderers row yet, but, uh, they're, they're going to be tougher games, uh, tough, tougher games for that defense ahead. And that'll be the, the truer test is, you know, do they do it? Do they hold up okay against? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get any better than Patrick Mahomes. You know how that? Right. How they? How will they play against him? That'll be. Uh, that's another thing uh, to look forward to watching and see how they do. You think Joe Barry's coaching for his job, or do you think Joe Barry's here as long as Matt Lafleur is here? Oh, I got to think he's you know coaching for his job. Um, you know, you never know. Um, but you know, especially early in the season when Lafleur was you know made some kind of veiled criti- critical remarks about the defense, he was basically. You know, I remember after that, the one game with the run defense, he goes, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yep. Um, you know, that was, uh, that, I'm sure Barry had to feel like he was put on, I mean, he was put on notice there. Um, so I think there's a lot 
to be, you know, a lot depends on how things go the second half of the season there too. I mean, if I were, if it had been my call, you know, I would have made a change there last off season. Yep. LaFleur wanted, he wanted the continuity. I get why. I mean, I understand all that, but I think I still would have made the change. Uh, but you know, I don't, I don't think, uh, Barry's job is at all assured uh, after this season. What about Brian Gutekunst? Here's a guy uh, that obviously looked good through this whole thing. Rodgers leaves, and now there's some of the shine maybe worn off a little bit, depending on how this team plays. I've argued the entire offseason he's not put this team in a position to succeed, specifically on offense with all these young guys and a first-year starter at that. I, I would assume he gets another coach and another quarterback before he's on a hot seat. That's what I'm thinking, too, but I don't know that. And if things go really, really poorly over the next two months and they may only win one more game and they things don't look much better, you know, at the end of December than they than they did during the four game losing streak, then all bets are off. But I, I tend to agree with you. I'm I'm doing a column this week about the draft because, you know, it's really easy to go through uh a, a one GM's picks or you know, the a draft one season and it the drafts can look really bad. But if you actually take a panoramic view and look at previous Packers drafts, uh, drafts of other teams. I mean, his drafting is definitely open to criticism because they all are, but not for reasons that people think. So just uh, you might, some people might find this, uh, you know, worth reading and maybe um, maybe they'll um, it might change their thinking a little bit about how to evaluate drafts. It's anyway, something I'm working on today that'll um, that'll post this week. But um, yeah, because he's missed a lot of picks, but uh, they 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 stepped into this rebuilding project this year. They went all in on trying to win the last couple of years. Now they're all in on the rebuilding and they're going to have to just weather these tough times. And if things go according to plan, then the payoff will be next year at this time. I think if this team, you know, wins, uh, you know, seven or eight games by the end of the year, I think that Rams game is going to be the turning point of the season, mainly because after that Rajul Douglas trade, it felt like the locker room was down and out a little bit. And to bounce back and get that win, I think, kind of rubs that away. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, it's funny. I, you know, We all have to make our predictions before the season. And I said 7-10, and 10, and people would ask me, you know, during that four-game losing streak, yeah, well, boy, you probably want that back. And I, I thought, no, I still think, you know, I mean, it's not like they had played the world's toughest schedule, you know. And I still think right about 7-10 and 10 is probably where they're going to end up. He is Pete Doherty uh, with the Green Bay Press Gazette. Follow him on Twitter at Pete Doherty. Pete, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me, Sparky. All right, as Kurt and Long continues, uh, let's talk about our predictions coming up uh, for this weekend. Uh, and let's start off first with the Green Bay Packers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right now, again, as we talked about before the Pete Doherty interview earlier in Kurt and Long, uh, they haven't won there since Bart Starr was a quarterback. So it's been a long time. And this will be a good test for Jordan Love, for the young receivers, uh, some of the younger offensive linemen, because Heinz Field can get loud. It can get real loud in Pittsburgh, and this fan base can really get into it. And uh, it'll be a good road challenge for these guys. And that's why I'm not going to pick the Green Bay Packers uh, in this game. Steelers are favored by three and a half. I I don't gamble. I'm not going to sit here and tell you whether you should take the three and a half of the Packers or take Pittsburgh giving three and a half or whatever. That's Ryan Horvath's deal. Go back and listen to Wednesday's podcast. He gave you his thoughts uh, on this. But for me, I, I, I like Pittsburgh uh, this week. I think it's a little too much to overcome uh, asking this this group to go on the road and, and win this game. Uh, if they do, I'll be ecstatic. Uh, but I just got a feeling that there are going to be 
uh, false start penalties left and right. Um, receivers, you know, running the wrong things because they're not hearing the signals possibly if that stadium gets super loud like it's capable of getting. Um, and just some issues and some nerves. And if they can't protect uh, Jordan Love uh, from the Steelers' a pass rush, that also is going to create bigger problems. Uh, and if they get down early, if the Steelers get out to an early lead, and again, as we talked about earlier, neither one of these teams are good in the first half. But if the Steelers were to jump out to a you know, 14-0, 17-0 lead, now at that point, what's going to happen, right? Matt LaFleur is going to abandon the run and say, to hell with it, we got to throw the ball. And now Jordan Love has to throw the ball 40 to 45 times in a game. And you're not going to win many games if he's got to throw the ball 40 to 45 times. You're just you're just not, especially with this receiving core that know what the heck they're doing. And speaking of which, before I forget, Peter Bukowski, uh, many of you know who he is. Uh, he does the Locked On Packers podcast. He had tweeted out a uh, video uh, from his recent podcast uh, with Jay Sternberger, the old uh, Packers uh, tight end that they drafted and never really worked out for the Packers. And then he ended up obviously playing in Pittsburgh uh, for the Steelers as well. Uh, and in this video clip on Twitter, Sternberger talks about the huge difference between Matt Canada, the former Badger coach, now the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, uh, and how he kind of gets his team ready offensively versus how they do it in Green Bay. Like, Matt Canada will ask you, okay, what are you supposed to do on this play? Okay, oh, it's five-yard slant or whatever. Okay, fine, easy. But when the Packers put their receivers or tight ends through this, it is a lot more than just this. You have to say, okay, it's this. But if it's this coverage, it's this. If it's this coverage, it's that. If it's that coverage, it's this. And it's all this other stuff that goes into it. Uh, and then Sternberger says, uh, because he's hard-headed or whatever the case may be, like they have to take tests and the whole deal on the playbook uh, as far as understanding exactly each and every little nook and cranny of what they're supposed to do. Sternberger said that he kept the playbook um, or asked if he could keep the playbook or whatever, he said, because if he ever coaches – uh, in the NFL or in high school or college, he wants to use it. He wants to use it uh, and pick from it because he thinks LaFleur's offense is unbelievably good uh, and very well thought out, and he loves all the concepts to it, and he loves even more how he goes about kind of teaching uh, it to the young guys. But as he also points out, Sternberger, of this is a growing year. Like People don't want to say it, but these guys are learning literally on the job. And that comes from a guy who had to learn the offense and knows how hard it is to learn. So everybody that gets all mad, oh, Goody's a moron, and Jordan Love sucked, and Matt LaFleur is horrible, and blah, 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 blah. No, just we're not there yet. We don't know. They have to figure this all out, and I know, I know. We're halfway through a season. They should know everything. I'm with you. I agree. But after you hear Sternberger talk about it on that Lockdown Packers podcast with Peter Bukowski, I think it changes your view a little bit. That being said, that all comes into why I think the Steelers probably win this game. Uh, The other game on the docket, obviously, uh, that we have to talk about uh, is one involving uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. And and the Badgers, really, I think the Packers, everybody knew this could be an issue for the Packers coming forward, right? Everybody knew that, hey, look, uh, at the end of the day, the Packers probably weren't going to be very good this year. Nobody was talking Super Bowl, winning divisions, none of that stuff. With the Wisconsin Badgers, a little bit different with the Wisconsin Badgers, right? With the Wisconsin Badgers, it was about winning their side of the Big Ten and playing in the Big Ten title game in uh, their first year with this new coaching staff. And instead now, they're probably not winning their side, uh, and they're definitely not going to probably be in the title game. 
Having said that, coming off of their latest loss, now they take on a Northwestern team at Camp Randall. Badgers favored by 10 and a half, 230 kick on Saturday on FS1. That Northwestern team, you know, they're four and five. Uh, after all the crap that happened with Pat Fitzgerald uh, and all the accusations and stuff at the beginning of the year, they really have put together a nice year. I, I And again, I don't bet spreads. I don't do none of that stuff. Ten and a half for the Badgers against anybody seems way too much to me, personally. Uh, I think the Badgers figure out a way to win. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost, but I think the Badgers figure out a way to win. I just am not convinced it's it's by double digits. Like That would be really, really good if they were able to figure out how to to win by double digits. So there are your predictions uh, for Curd and Long. Packers and Badgers will be back doing this again on Monday. Tell your friends, tell your family members, Curd and Long podcast. Download it on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast at. And of course, most times, whenever there's uh, two or more of us, it's also on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Go Pack Go! Toodles!